Wow, 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 wow. I've been really trying to run this podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour. And this is a very special episode on this Mama's Day Sunday. Great day to celebrate all those mamas and talk about sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Papa Shreyas. <laughs> And let's get sweet, salty, and sensual as we talk about those silly little sports. <laughs> Amateur hour! Well, welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 62. A very special episode. Shout out, like I said in the intro, shout out to all those mamas. Mm-hmm. But real talk, shout out to my mother uh, for birthing me and raising me and being one of the greats. I mean, really, I know everybody like thinks their mom's great. But my, my mom's, you know, she's, no, I, she's I, up there. I got I got a goat mom. I got a goat. Yeah. Mom. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Maxie. I don't know. what to no, tell I, you. no, I'm not disputing. I'm not saying, you know, like the, the rankings, it's you can argue all day, but I'm just saying that no. she's up in the upper echelon, you know, <laughs> the, the top tier. It, it, there's there's elite. Yeah. She she's she's moms. top ten. She's top ten. We got some elite. I'm moms, not, yeah. yeah, there's some elite. We don't moms. need to. We, we don't need to squabble over one placement two. nine yeah. ten. You know, you're t- yeah 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 top it, two top two, but she's not two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it is. Some, yeah. Well, yeah. Again, it's debatable. I mean, if we look at the stats straight, if we go back and go by the numbers. Um, <laughs> How would you how would you how would you evaluate a mom like meals cooked times they picked you up boo-boos love, bandaged lo- love given love given oh that's Shrey, some say that love is inquantifiable so yeah so we'll that's, a, that's, a, that's an intangible that's an intangible you know? <laughs> that's an intangible set it's not gonna fill up the stat sheet but that love given I mean that's really that's the heart and soul of this this motherhood right here. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, shout out to all the new moms, old moms, previous moms, moms of one, two, three, eighty. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah, because we wouldn't be, we would not be here without you. So, all right. Well, let's dive in. I mean, we got the good vibes rolling already, uh, and we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of playoff basketball. We got a little bit of football to talk about. It's an exciting episode. There, there's, there's. Just a lot to unpack here, and we're going to dive right in with the Weekly Highs. The Weekly Highs. So my personal Weekly High, I suppose on the vein of families, is this past week, weekend, my while I was sick with food poisoning, my family was up to come visit, and that was a high. It was great to see them. I hadn't seen them in two, three months prior. So it's great. That is one of the downsides, I will say, about living far away from home. You know, you don't see your family as much. And plane tickets right now are like $800. So, <laughs> yeah, will not be fun. I know. <laughs> face. 800 bucks. $800. Yeah, for, for the rest of this month and then into June, into July. Cheapest I saw was like 750 But it's like. There's a pilot shortage. May. It's like beginning of May. Like, who's traveling? There's Other a pilot business. shortage, Trey. Oh, there is? Apparently. Oh, wow. I had no idea. 
Just like there was like a honeybee shortage and a chocolate shortage. There's a shortage. Of, there's been a shortage of everything. Everything. Of everything. No one is safe. The cream. The one that hurt me the most was the cream cheese shortage, Max. What am I going to put on my bagel? <laughs> Do you know how sad it is when you have to put butter on your bagel? It's just a sad time. <laughs> it's just a sad time. And I can't put peanut butter on my bagel because it just ruins the fl- Like, what if I have a cheese bagel? Like an Asiago cheese bagel. Oh, no, you can't put peanut butter on that. Which I do. Okay. Can't put a peanut butter on it. Peanut butter, <laughs> butter. No, 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 no. No, it's no, gross. No, 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 no. no you, yeah, you're right. You can't the do The cream that. cheese shortage killed me. And so the that, that one hit home? Cheese, yeah, that one hit home. That was the first time. That was the first time where I, when everything was going on with, like, all the supply chain issues and stuff. I didn't, like, I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't having the stuff that was all a part of that or maybe i was like eh, okay inconvenience but i don't care you weren't using plywood or metal oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey um <laughs> but <laughs> but when i went to get a bagel and i saw that packs of cream cheese were like three four dollars and then like if i wanted like the pack of six or something like of the because i get the i get the little boxes you dropped 12 you dropped 12 12 15 bucks it was like it was like 11 dollars for a six pack of cream cheese and i i was yeah i was just not feeling it i i didn't know what to do i especially when you've already bought the bagels max <laughs> you're like what am i what am i not gonna put something on this <laughs> like, i'm not gonna eat a freaking dry bagel what are you talking about like, oh I, my didn't, God. I, I didn't expect to plan for it that's the thing i didn't expect to plan yeah. for it. yeah right that was the first it, time. and that that was the biggest travesty of this whole two-year shutdown is the cream yeah, cheese shortage the cream cheese the long and short um <laughs> but anyway yes so it was nice to have uh the family here and um, despite the fact that flights are expensive, it was great to see them. We drove around. I kept pressuring them. I was like, hey, you guys going to move out here? You're going to get a house out here? Da, 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 da. Which I think would be cool, you know, have a, mm. have a summer home or, or a winter home in Arizona. Yeah. But we shall see. But anyway, uh, mother and father, if you are listening to this podcast, love you very much. And uh, thank you for all that you do. All right. That's my personal high. And. My sports high is that the Bruins, in their playoff uh, experience this year, went down 2-0, but have come back to tie the series 2-2. That's huge. And I don't care who you are, to go down 2-0 and then come back and tie it up, that's huge. So, Shrey, I mean, you, you said that you had a couple thoughts on that? Well, yeah, it's just how the first two games transpired. And when we saw the Bruins play Carolina this year, it was a, a drudging. They played them three times this year. They scored one goal. Wow. One goal. Out of all three matchups? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, 16 to 1, if I remember correctly, was the total. Uh, Oof. <laughs> you know what I mean? Goals, goals scored for each side. And so, but those had happened, right? And the Bruins made some changes where right? they, they, in the trade deadline, they went out and got Hampus Lindholm. Uh, from Anaheim and they signed him to an eight-year deal and so he's here for the long haul they made that's a huge change that's a that's a top two D line type of guy what's that's his name a- Humpus Lindholm <laughs> <laughs> no I'm sorry I didn't I didn't hear. <laughs> 
didn't hear what you said. I said, I said Hampus. <laughs> oh, sorry. excuse me, Hampus. Sorry, Hampus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I, Max, what's on your mind? <laughs> it was uh, excuse me, Freudian slip. Hampus, <laughs> no. But anyway, so he's a top yes. two. Yeah, he's a he's a top two D pair kind of guy. Future. Got him for locked him down for eight years right after the trade, like long contract, long contract, right? So you're they made some changes. You felt like going into the series, Carolina in the past for the Bruins has been like they've been able to beat up on Carolina in the playoffs. So knowing that, but then knowing that this year this Carolina team has been amazing, right? Like really, really fast, really good defense. They just they just skate circles around you. They're fast, and then they score in bunches. So the first two games was more of the same. 5-1 in the first game. So you're like, oh, God, this is going to uh. happen again. They're just not going to be able to score on this team. And like you could tell like they were just quicker, quicker to the puck. And then after a couple goals scored, the Bruins, it felt like they were just going to get let down. Like it was just like they had they had that like air to it. And then the second game, 5-2, you were like, okay, well, now we're just getting ready for the sweep. I thought, and then I thought maybe, maybe they could steal one of these games back in, in Boston, and then it would be a gentleman's sweep. Like, you, you'd get, you, you'd win you'd a get game. One. Yeah. You'd win a game, lose the next two, 4-1. Can't say you got swept. But it was just completely <laughs> outplayed. The last two games, I just, I just, I just didn't expect them to, to retaliate in that way. It felt like, but then to come back in game three, win at home, pretty convincing win, 4-2. And then to come today, win 5-2, it felt like they're doing to Carolina what Carolina did to them in the first two games. And now you have the you have both sides. You have the Bruins losing really badly. You had the Bruins winning really well. So like now it feels like your mind's got to shift. And this is a game where you didn't have Charlie McAvoy, your best defensive guy. Your best defenseman was out. Your second best defenseman is out. And you still won the game 5-2. So That's pretty good. Pretty good. Anyone can get hot in these NHL playoffs, man. Max, one of the one of the one of the craziest sports and the craziest playoffs is the NHL playoffs because the eight seed is just as likely to to make the finals as the one seed in these yeah. in these playoffs. It's like yeah. it's something where you're like, you can't just kind of let other maybe if it was like an otherworldly type team, like you know, like one of the Tampa Bay teams of recent memory, but most of the time, like everyone's got a fair shot. You just got to play really sound hockey. You got to fight to pucks. If you do all the little things, the gritty things well, and you're getting opportunities, anyone can get those opportunities. If you're a playoff team, you have the you have the same you have the same right to be there as anyone else, though. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent, and and it's it's really cool to see. And we're gonna be talking about you know some playoffs throughout this episode, and there's some good and some bad. Uh, the other Boston sports team that we're referencing is <laughs> not looking great, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But before we do, Shrey, let's uh, let's go to the lows. <laughs> the lows. Let's start. Let's start with my personal low, Max. Um, I was able to go out into the into the city today okay. go out into boston yesterday nice and boston boston uh 
<laughs> Your the six most from ex- Boston. <laughs> the six most expensive city in the United States to live in. Is that is that the is that the is that oh yeah of- it went up the rankings it's now number six it's behind like San Francisco DC LA and New York ridiculous ridiculous yeah fun right <laughs> I know so and it's, just, it's Boston yeah so I went out with a couple of friends um it was fun the only thing was man that dang wind in Boston especially when you're with all those dang tall buildings and if it's just a relatively windy day just a small slight breeze it's magnified it's like (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't like the warmest day too so if it was like 75 80 degrees out here that wind would feel good it would be like oh okay like i've been sweating so you know Right, you a little get cool some, off, little natural fan. Yeah, get I, some, I got you. Get some wind going around a block or something, fine. But it was like 50 degrees to begin with. And walking around and you're trying to like, you know, just, you know, get the sights in. You know, I haven't been in the city in a couple months. And, you know, just, you know, be outside as one would when the weather starts getting a little better. As one does. And you're like, and you're like, I'm like being blown back. I'm like, guys, I'm like screaming. Hey, why do you want to go next? Like everyone next. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, (laughs) man, those big, those big buildings, you know, (laughs) they really, they really cause a wind tunnel. Yeah. Well, Shay, you know, I, uh, I hate to be this guy, uh, but I'm going to be this guy. Uh, you know, it's sunny and 100 out here. It's it literally hit 100 this week twice. I don't know if I want it to be that hot, though. It's that's it's hot. It's especially when you that's a little outside. excessive. Like I yeah. looked at uh, the end of the week around here and it's going to be close to 80. And even I was like, oh, that's hot. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want that right now. Like, can we, can we ease it's into it? Dry, it's a dry heat. <laughs> it's a dry heat. Oh well, God. you got the dry heat. You got the oh yeah no you're 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 nice and humid you you oh we get in the, the summer oh we get the we get the <laughs> you're trying to get the actual air it's just like a lot out of, of the water yeah <laughs> like yeah I'm just like ah <laughs> just drink a glass of water from the air oh uh, I can just feel the mosquitoes <laughs> bring, bring, bring a straw <laughs> around oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah yeah. Okay. Well, that yeah, that's uh, the wind. The wind will definitely put a damper on a good time, but it's not worse. A windy day when it's cold is not worse than getting your socks wet. Like, say you stepped in a puddle, that's worse. Yeah. No. Yes. No. It is. That's a good. Your mood goes. Your mood. No. Your mood instantly deteriorates if you are walking around the city and you step in a puddle, and your shoe and sock is wet. Cold. Cold. Okay. So. If it was cold and windy, like 50 degrees and windy, we were able to like do some like it, it wasn't it wasn't great, but we were able to at least be outside. If it's like freezing weather, if it's like 32 and under and windy, that's the worst part is like when the, when it's just 32 and it's not windy, you can handle it. You're like, OK, it's just cold, but it's a dry cold and like nothing is like on my face. I just if I layer up, I'll be fine. But when it attacks you, once yeah. the once the wind is like putting its hand in your face and like. And saying like you can't like doing like the John Cena like you can't see me like, and I'm like holy crap where's it coming from and it's just like flapping me around and like, yeah, that's really bad, that's really bad. I 
That's a close one. The wet sock versus windy, cold day. Wet sock. That's a good one. We could put that up as a poll, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Let's ask ask the people what they want. Follow us on social media. Don't forget, too, if you guys are not following us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, we have all of those. Most of them are Amateur Hour Podcast. You can search pretty much either of our names, too, if you can't find it. And it should come up in the tags. But, yes, make sure to follow us on all those platforms. Engage with us building little communities we have over 100 instagram followers so yeah pretty good pretty good and uh yeah we do little polls and stuff put our stories put episode notifications up so be sure to find us there as well okay little plug uh shrey what about sports what's what's bad man um i guess kind of how well it's bad in that it hasn't it's bad in that that like people are getting hurt from this and it's this kind of back and forth retaliation or perceived retaliations between the the Warriors and the Grizzlies in this playoff series and it's it's bad in that people are you know people are getting like ejected people are getting hurt but it's good in that it's it's dramatic like there is some drama to this and pe- like a lot of people are pissed off on the series. And I feel like that's going to lead to some really good basketball. It, uh, it's it been back and forth where. So when we had the, the Draymond Draymond grabs Brandon Clark by the Jersey as he's like falling down and like tears him. So what people seem to forget is when Draymond, like there's angles that weren't shown on TV. And when Draymond is going up for the initial block, he is, he smacks, clark in the face pretty hard like there's an angle where it shows like the impact of his slap where if you were to look kind of at draymond's back at the whole thing you would think like okay he went up for the block grabbed the jersey but then held him up and like to save him but he slapped him pretty hard before that and then grabbed him and then saved him so it was like so for him for people to be like oh he didn't deserve the ejection and then he also didn't do himself any favors because he went on TNT and Charles was like, Charles was like, you deserve the, the, the flagrant two. And then he went, no, I think, no, maybe two flagrant ones, but not a flagrant two. And I was like, uh, Draymond, do you understand that those both mean the same result? I don't think people in a court of law are going to say, oh, but he got two flagrant ones. <laughs> he got two Less bad homicides. <laughs> got, but he's still going to jail for uh, 35. So so it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, he still did it, right? And it's like, whatever. So then, and then the worst part was then Dylan Brooks coming back in the next game. And Gary Payton, the second is coming, is, is in transition. He's going up for the. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. I, yeah. I looked at it and the thing was. It, it was a nasty like shot to the head that was under the guise of a block. But the way that Brandon Clark or uh, no, Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks. Me. Yeah. The way that Dylan Brooks was approaching the basket in order to get that block, he would have had to come underneath where the rim was and then jump up because Gary Payton was already so far ahead, already extended pretty much at the rim. There was no reasonable way that he was going to get that block without a hard, hard foul. And he wound up, and clocked the guy across the head, resulting well, yeah. in him landing weird and ultimately fracturing his elbow. We I mean, talk- it was it was two minutes into the game, Shrey. Yeah, and we talked about the Caruso injury. Remember with Grayson Allen and how 
the abnormal body contact and kind of going across it, the it, body it messes up your landing yeah was mess messes you up right and so when you saw dylan brooks come from uh the right side like okay i'm i'm facing the basket so coming from the right side across the body with this step to make the to make the motion of the block to try to get where the balls are already protected by the rim on the left side. Right. And so he clearly can see he can he clearly if he understands kind of how he's moving, he's going to hit him. And so the abnormal body contact of then swiping across his head is going to make Gary Payton vulnerable to a bad fall. And that's exactly what happened. He fell on his elbow, fractured his elbow. He's going to be out 3 to 5 weeks or something like that. And clearly out for the the rest of the playoffs, and that's a key guy for them. That is a defensive minded guy that they need in in points where they need stops, and he and he provides offense like that too, right? He's quick, so and super athletic. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him. He's a good player. So definitely uncalled for from Dylan Brooks. Well, it's it, it's you know you have to evaluate. I don't know. Yeah, it's you have to think about what you're doing. I mean that that ejection was truly deserved. You yeah, could see sure. he literally he cocked back and slapped the guy across the head. And just just how the Grizzlies and Warriors have been playing the entire series, it's physical. It is physical. They they do clearly do not like each other. Like there are when they foul, they foul hard, and that's on both sides. Yeah. There's clearly some bad blood. There's clearly some beef going on. You know, Draymond is an antagonizer. And these guys aren't going to back down because they have chips on their shoulders. They feel like they got stuff to prove. Yeah. And it's coming out on the basketball court in a very, very physical, borderline violent way. I mean, it's definitely coming out in a way where they feel like retaliation is needed. Is necessary. And yeah, you're like, necessary. oh, you hurt my guy. Now I'm going to, you know. Yeah, and even if it's like more subconscious, I feel like it's more of like a disregard of people's bodies. Where it's like, it's not like, oh, I'm intentionally going to hurt him. But there's like a, a recklessness to it where they kind of yeah. don't care as long as they, oh, as long as they make the play almost, it's like they kind of don't care what the, the consequence is. Where that becomes like, I guess in a sense, how, where the physicality comes from. It's like, it's more, it's, it's the recklessness. And, We've seen it also come through in ways where you're like, oh, that's like, like that's fire. Where when um, John Morant was John at Curry coming off the court uh, after he scored 47 and after they won that game. And he and I think Curry before the game or before the series was like, it's going to be fun. So Morant is like crossing paths with Curry coming off the court. And he's like, it's going to be fun. Yeah. He's like, I told like he said along those lines, but he is like kind of putting his words back at him. Um, so I can tell, like, this has definitely been and is going to continue to be as long as uh, it continues. A very dramatic series, a very back and forth. It's what I'm paying for. Yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. Hey, it's, it's it's fun to it's fun to watch. It, yeah, and, and I know, and that's just the thing for me though. It's like I I would rather have it be a little bit more tame and have guys not get hurt unreasonably. Right. Because that's just that's just the worst thing. You hate to see guys get hurt. And now Gary Payton Jr. is a good player. He's a great player. Yeah. And to have him go out and yeah, like you said, he's out for the playoffs. That's and now, it. And now Morant is hurt too. That was the Morant third could part be out of game. Third yeah. part of the story where everyone Jordan Poole was that. hugging his leg. Well, yeah, and I don't blame Jordan Poole for that. Like I don't think that was the play that actually hurt him. 
and Morant kind of went overboard by tweeting out the the play and was like, um, he said, uh, uh, broke the code in parentheses because that's what Steve Kerr said in relation to the Dylan Brooks uh, injury and how like, you know, when a guy's in transition, he shouldn't, you shouldn't kind of go up for uh, the player like that with kind of that reckless disregard. So Morant came back and with that clip of the Jordan Poole kind of grabbing his grabbing, leg yeah, and was like, oh, broke the code. He had to delete that tweet. I didn't oh, feel did. that way. Yeah, he did. He deleted that tweet. Um, Interesting. I didn't feel that way about the play. I don't think that tweet. There was another play, I think, earlier on that may have been some cause of the original way that Morant uh, hurt his knee. But still, like, it's chippy out there. It's chippy out there. And now if Morant is going to get hurt, the Grizzlies have, no, like, they have limited shot, especially with Desmond Bain nursing the, the, the hurt back. Right? Like, he wasn't all the way together. And he's, he's like, still trying to come back. He's still trying to play hurt, right? So if, the, if everyone's going to be ailing in this series and it's just going to be a war of attrition, we're not going to get what we came to see by the end of the series if it goes any further. So that's why I kind of... Obviously, I want people players to keep their help, but I do like the chipping. If the chippiness cannot lead to injuries, yeah, would be a much would be a much better series. Would be a much better yeah. series. You can jaw and you can play physical, but yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. And right, it's a war of attrition. Yeah, you're gonna mm-hmm. see these guys. <laughs> so who's got the most? Who's got the most healthy bench by game seven? <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, it's gonna be like. Chris Chioza, I don't even know if he's on the team anymore, but it's going to be like... D'Anthony Melton? D'Anthony Melton versus Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney's no. going to have to play point guard. No, I mean? Neiman, like no, Neiman Bialica is going to step up. Yes, let's, uh, <laughs> love, love me some Bialica. Uh, all right, well, let's dive into our meat and potatoes. We got more about playoff basketball to talk about. First series, I want to recap. Oh, actually, Stray, what do you think? Well, I think Warriors in five or six. Right now, it's if Jai's not hurt, they can take another game. Right now, it's uh, two one. What is it? Two two one Warriors. Yeah. Mm, I, I'd say Warriors. I'd say Warriors in six. I think. I think the Grizzlies can steal another game. The odds do it's not like, look in their favor. It doesn't look in their favor. Um, I think it's also it depends on Morant's health. If Morant will play the next game, and will continue to play, even if he's hurt. I feel like they could steal a game. Like I think that's that's how good John Morant is that he could. He's that good. Yeah. He, even while hurt, he could he could steal a game. If yeah. he's not gonna play, and if Desmond, Desmond Bain, your second best player, is not, or like you know, he's not healthy either. Yeah, I would say I would say chalk a game off. It's gonna be five for the Warriors. So I'd say yeah. I would agree with that. But again, yeah. gentlemen, sweep. At least they didn't get swept. No. And wow, that game that they won too. Unbelievable performance by 47. Mark. 47. Unbelievable performance. Get him his tenders and fries. <laughs> oh my goodness. Get him the golden egg, man. That was yeah, that's that was unbelievable. All right. Well, let's talk. Shay, let's talk about something that's less exciting, and that's the Celtics box. Here, here's would, what I don't understand. I now, would here, say, here. It's a, I would say as exciting. It's just less exciting no, it's stre- for the no, results. It's, stre- it's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful for me. My blood pressure, 
it goes up and it goes down. <laughs> and you know, I have this shirt. I have a shirt, and it, you can, if you're, you know, watching these videos, you can probably see it in the background there. It's that blue and black one. Mm-hmm. It's not Celtics colors at all. But the Celtics have not lost when I wear that shirt during their game times. However, that was broken. No. Game three. But I don't think it's the Celtics who lost. I think it was the refs that uh, called the game <laughs> in a certain way. Not going to get into that. Game one, Bucks show up to TD Garden. Just, just they got control the whole game. They had control yeah. the whole game. Celtics looked really bad. Terrible shooting night from Jalen Brown. Subpar from everybody else. Bucks had it really pretty handedly. We lost yeah. by what 10, 11? Yeah, but the score definitely um, it felt felt we just it felt we larger. It yeah. felt larger. They had they had the lead after the first and we just couldn't keep up. Yeah. Game two in TD Garden. We go up by 20 points and we hold our like foot on their throat for the entire game. I mean, yeah. we we let them catch up to 12. And then we adjusted our offense, came back, and absolutely beat them down. I mean, this is this is a defending championship team who scored, what, 115, 112 points per game on average during the regular season. We held them to like 86. Mm-hmm. We held them not, not only under 100, under 90, right? I mean, that, that was an incredible job by the Celtics. So I felt great. I was like, okay, it's a bounce back game. We got all of our stuff together. I mean, we realized during that time when we couldn't get anything going when we were doing ISO, that doesn't work. Went back to team play, found a lot of success there. I mean, a lot of success. We were doing everything right. Defending Giannis really well, you know, keeping them out of the paint as much as we could, making sure that we took charges as much as we could. Didn't get every call, but we understand that that's how it's going to work when you play superstars. Game three, we go to Milwaukee, the fight, the Pfizer forum, and, uh, Man, it's like we start off kind of slow. JT starts off really slow. We feel like we're kind of in the game, but the Bucks have a little bit of control. They blow it wide open in the third quarter. I mean, we scored 30 points in the second. So we, you know, we had a lead. We were going back and forth. It's pretty good. JT, though, awful, awful performance. I think on the end of the night, he was four for 19. I mean, that's bad. The dude had eight points. That's that's bad. Why did you decide game three, a must win game to just absolutely crap the bed? And then we brought it back within the first last couple of minutes. We, we were down 14. We brought it back. We took the lead by a point. And then because honestly, in my opinion, some questionable calls. Marcus Smart not getting a three, some charges, some flops. Bucks ended up taking the lead by two points, taking the win. So... Yeah. I really didn't feel like they deserved that win, especially because they just let us back into it and we were right there. But because the calls just didn't fall our way, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I don't know, Shrey, what do you, how, do, how do you feel about the series? I mean, the Celtics, it's so hard to watch a team go from absolute dominance to absolute doo-doo garbo. Except for Grant Williams, though. He is my hero. Oh, my goodness. He's really he's really turned the corner. With Him and Al Horford, man. Al like- Horford's still drinking from the fountain of youth. And Grant Williams is he's everybody's dad on the defensive end. He he's Giannis's dad. I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to say that Al Horford was a basically and not this is no offense to him, but he was basically just a piece on the side to that Kemba Walker deal that was just getting rid of Kemba Walker's contract and trying to match the money. Right? We yeah. gave away a pick yeah. with Kemba Walker just so that we could get uh 
an expiring deal, <laughs> expiring deal in Al Horford. You know what I mean? Yeah. Save some money yeah. in the future. And he's turned out to be as pivotal of a piece as could be for this team. And 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 why we were able to why we're able to handle our own in the series and kind of play above our means defensively is because he can he can guard Giannis. I know Giannis broke out last game, had 42. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like you can't hold down a guy that dominant, right? Especially when no. he can he can he can power through you, he can score, he can score in the mid-range, he can his transition game if if you can't hold him out of the tra- transition game, you're toast. Right, that's like where he'll, his Toast. bread and butter is, is because his speed and he his can... steps, the length of his steps. Yeah, I, he'll just—I mean, straight up, what he does. If you watch him play, he straight up goes around defenders. Yeah, they will establish their position. They have a right to that. He has the ability to change direction at a moment's notice and step around you. And because he's playing the angles just right, and he still has that arm length, he could literally be away from the basket and still find the angle to lay it up. And he's yeah. freaking 10 feet away. Yeah. So if you're not providing any pressure before he gets to the paint, you're he'll eat you alive. You're done. Yeah, you're done. Which he's talking on you. Yeah. Which is what happened. He like the he was able to get through all that pressure. He was able to to break out yesterday. It was it was a it was a difficult game to watch just because it was so up and down. And it felt you like blood there pressure. Was, yeah, there wasn't a lot of consistency. And one thing about game two was when we talked about how they won, right? They they won shooting the three. And that was something that they had to continue doing, but they couldn't they, we I knew, I knew that it wasn't it wasn't something that could be sustainable. And sustainable. Yeah, like sustainable. Yeah. To shoot to shoot, I think they shot more threes than twos. More threes two. and twos for, for, for the first two games. The first one they couldn't hit a they couldn't hit anything. The second they couldn't one they hit the broad all, side of a boat. They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. The, I, oh yeah, yeah. What was it? What is it? It's uh you you couldn't hit you couldn't hit the ocean or some of like that. What's the what's the idiom? I forgot what it is. Oh yeah, it's yeah, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat. He could they really couldn't. They could really couldn't. They were hitting all shore. <laughs> Everything went to the shore. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, goes straight to land yeah, yeah, yeah. On, just hovers what the <laughs> oh, so you got sand in your mouth yeah <laughs> uh yeah no it was it was bad <sighs> but it happened again max they they shot horribly from three again they shot uh 27 from three granted the bucks also shot horribly from three because the Bucks aren't a good shooting team. They're yeah. not. They don't rely on the three. They don't. They live and die by the paint. They live and die by the paint because they can. They have the size and the athleticism to get these paint opportunities. I mean, you have a crafty guard in Drew Holiday, and he's been taking a much larger volume of shots. He's making them go down because he's a great player. But they're relying on him to score in the paint. He does. They rely on Giannis to score in the paint. He does. Brooke Lopez had a fine game. You know, Bobby Portis is kind of their like stretch out. You know, Javon Carter hit a couple threes here and there. Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, they'll Pat Connaughton actually kills us every time. Mm. It, dude, we just leave him open. I saw him catch one ball. He didn't even bring it down. He literally caught it above his head and just got right into his form and shot it. 
banged. Oh yeah, yeah, from up top. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that was yeah, that was crazy. But also too, some of our perimeter defense. I mean, the Bucks aren't a three point shooting team, but it doesn't mean you can just let them go. I watch these guys walk to this walk to the perimeter with their hand like lazily up. I'm like, really, really, this is playoff time. You have to tighten up. There's no excuse. And the other thing too, though. And this is the one thing that I'm going to say is that some of the things I know you can't call everything on Giannis. Sometimes that dude just straight up does a football move and he really will just punch you and push you. And they just don't call it. And I get it. We're going to get less calls because we're in Milwaukee. Yeah. But there has to be some consistency. I mean, come on. I I know that's something that he's actually been uh, complaining about that. He's not getting the defensive calls on some of those charges too. So it's like, He's like, and I mean, everyone's complaining at this point. So I kind of throw that out because there's going to be inconsistency with how he plays, right? He's just that dominant. There's going to be times where he did actually get fouled and we got away with one. There's going to be times where he's the, he's the guy aggressor. that's fouling, aggressor yeah. and he, and he'll, you know, maybe we get the, we get the call or there's just no call or something like that. Right. So I right, kind of throw right. that out of the water. I think the key for this series and why and why it's kind of been inconsistent is 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 the ability to score in the paint. Milwaukee is just continuing to pound the ball in the paint. They keep winning the paint battle. Oh, by and, far. Absolutely. And, and that's something that we are not able to kind of retaliate on and kind of and kind of even out where we won game two because our three-point shooting was otherworldly. And that's something that Milwaukee lacks. So if our three-point shooting is not, is even with Milwaukee's or is worse, we're losing, we we're losing the two-point battle anyway. So that's where the inconsistency comes with. And right. it's the ability to, I know they're not going to give up the points. Like they have Brooke Lopez and they have Giannis just, commanding uh, like commanding presence in the paint for their defense and they're just not giving up easy layups or anything like that they're not brooklyn brooklyn was just letting Kyrie was just like waving at people on the way by brooklyn has no defense yeah yeah their their post defense is just non-existent that is the complete opposite and i think we knew that coming into the milwaukee series is that their defense is going to be ratcheted up it's going to be a tough series to score in but that doesn't mean you, you you can't find ways to to get open shots, to get good shots at least, right? Either put your players like Tatum and Brown in a position where they can, even if it's guarded, get to their spots or find a way to get your others like Grant Williams or Al Horford or uh, Tice if he's out there. I know that it's going to be tough without Robert Williams. Hopefully he's there for the the next game. But... um, if he can get back in there and and we can get him some open lobs on a pick and roll or something like that, well, they yeah, that find we, a way. We need that offensively. Robert Williams, though, defensively on Giannis, don't like that matchup at all. Giannis abuses that. It's yeah, he he's fouling every time. He it's or, more, or he's letting him get around. I mean, that's right. the other thing too. He can't. He's not shuffling his feet to where his center mass is strong enough to stay in front of Giannis. So Giannis will find that weak side and expose that angle yeah. off the drive, and he just goes right around. Whereas with with Grant Williams and Horford, they have the dexterity and strength yeah. to stay in front. I mean, 
Yeah. I really, really got to give props, though, to those two guys and how they play Giannis. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Oh, good Lord. Good heavens. Yeah. You <laughs> I can't can imagine. imagine trying to guard somebody like Giannis. It truly. Oh, holy crap. Especially but for them the day to, after. But then they go <laughs> hands out. Oh, my God. Your body would it just be black and blue. For mm. them to go hands out, feet wide, and stay strong. Yeah. Oh, Maron. Yeah. yeah. So Fantastic. It's really, it's really a testament to how good those guys are and moving their feet and at, at absorbing the first hit. That's one thing I saw a couple plays of Grant Williams play defense kind of as a clip just kind of after the fact. And his ability to, when, he, when Giannis kind of puts that first kind of shoulder into somebody, if they move, he attacks it. He's so quick at attacking that that first like kind of pushback that he can just get around right somebody there. or he gets yeah. the hook and he knows that second move like the back of his hand. But when he can't get that first, he can't budge somebody that first time, it kind of restricts his pathway and now they're up on he's him. Less and effective. Now, now he can yeah. bring the double. Now now he's got to try to kick and he kind of kind of forgets where he is. So that's something that Grant Williams and Al Horford have done really well. I think you're, Giannis is going to get his. It's not like he's he's too smart to fi- not figure it out. He so he got he got his. It's he, they just got to continue the pressure on him, and they gotta they gotta they gotta make it hard for him. If he's going to get a forty two, it's going to be the hardest forty two. It's got to be super hard forty two. Well, again, defensively, you know, I, I really thought defensively we did a fine job. Yeah, I, truly. I thought yeah. we defensively did a fine job. The one thing I would correct is putting more effort into those those threes. And when they run the pick and roll, denying Giannis the ball, that that's got to be that's got to be your go to, right? Yeah. Let let Drew Holiday one on one. Let yeah. him one on one. Jalen Brown. Let him one on one. Tatum. Let him one on one. Smart. Yeah. Deny Giannis the ball because you know that he's looking for that pass. And if he gets that pass and he connects, it's an instant two for you. I mean, give or take, statistically, and just watching the games, if he can get that pass through, you know, you have to so deny Giannis the ball tighten up on the three-point line other than that though i mean i i've been very impressed with the defense we're holding we held that we held the bucks to 103 and we yeah the defense it's been a defensive matchup overall there hasn't been any high high scoring games except where, for us except for us game two yeah but even in that where it's like where the the, the margin is high but a lot like the bucks first game like they scored 101 and then we won 109. These are like in today's NBA are like relatively like if you can hold a team under 110 that's a pretty good defensive game nowadays. So this yeah. has been a this has been a relatively defensive battle. It's been about the offense. It's been about shot making and specifically the disparity in two-pointers. I think the Celtics have really got to find a way in game four in Milwaukee. It's going to be super tough, but Yudoka and Tatum and Brown and Horford, like the leaders of that team, they've got to find a way to, to scheme around this kind of this massive block in the, in the, in the middle of the paint, patrolling the paint of Giannis and, and Lopez and find a way to get some of these. I really am. I'm vouching for the mid range. I I've seen a lot of mid-range opportunities go to waste in these three games where even in the second game, when they were hitting their threes, 
I would see that I would see players drive without looking at the rim and going. There, and Giannis and Lopez are going to sag back, and they're going to they're going to protect their even a Bobby Portis right. They're they're big enough where they are looking for you to drive. Yeah, Lopez does not want to be out there. He does not want to be out there. So, and even, you can you can expose that. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, I also well I no I I agree. I think I think um getting the mid-range opportunities, but the other thing I will say is when we really share and whip the ball, uh there have been multiple times where I see Giannis and Lopez fail to jump or react because our passes because uh, uh on on like layups. They will just have a layup made right over them, right on them because our passing will be so tight. Quick ball movement. Yeah, that's the Quick thing. Quick ball too. movement and true team play. Yeah. I mean, that, that you know, if you just have that guy that's kind of like lurking there and the ball's moving or off of a little bit of movement, they a lot of times, and that ball goes in and they just, they know that that's their shot and they just put it right up. They fail to react a lot of yeah. times. And we I can remember do that. Yeah. I remember that play uh, where Horford had the, had the shot at the shot clock buzzer because of the great ball movement. And it was just, it was just back and forth drive, swing, swing, drive kick swing swing Horford at the end I was like I was like oh this may be a little too much ball movement I thought maybe they were just gonna pass it around and waste the clock but at the end Horford's right there and Horford just puts it up and they're just when you have really crisp and quick ball movement like that it's not for any team to react even if the best of defensive teams so that just promotes they're out there like I don't even know what's going on yeah yeah (laughs) like where's the ball it's like (laughs) whoa (laughs) So you you, you got to use that to your advantage and yeah. you got to find ways to, to, to find those soft spots in the defense. No defense can account for every single part of the floor. There'll be some, there's going to be something that they're going to give up in a zone in man. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I really wanted to win. If there was one game, if we had to lose one game in Milwaukee, I would have rather say, I'd be, say game four. Yeah, I would have rather it be the next one. I would have rather gone. I wanted to go up to one. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that thing where you, if you play tennis, mental, and mental, and, yeah. And you have, and you're both, you're both on deuce, and the person that gets the advantage, kind of like they have the ability to coast now, right? So they could, so Milwaukee could come in next game and be like, so we have the advantage. Let's like we know we can go up three one, but let you know what I mean may not be able to put the pressure on, or they could come out and and go up three one, and so now they have both options. I would rather have want to be the team that has that option than than. Uh, no, I I agree. Well, we can. Well, when you when you're up two one, you can afford to have a bad game like we did to like we did in game three. Yeah, you you need it to be on. So I don't understand what what the pep talk was, and and I saw a little bit too much ISO for my liking. Still, still. Especially mm-hmm. from JT. I mean, it's getting to the point where I'm back at the, I'm back to the old self, where I'm like, I'm screaming at the TV, saying, "JT, move the freaking ball. Stop trying to ISO your way around it." I mean, if Wesley Matthews can lock up Jason Tatum's isolation, that's bad. Yeah, I saw, I saw a stat where he was he like zero for ten on uh, possessions defended by Wesley Matthews. That was Tatum, like whatever he's defended by uh, Wesley Matthews, zero for ten. <laughs> So he's yeah, got to come out. If he comes, he, I think I think that stat would make me hot if I was Tatum. So he's got to come out and, and Wesley kind of, Matthews, Wesley West is entering he's a the good, twilight of his. He's a good player. He's, but a, he's, he's a great defend. He's a great defender. But yeah, he, he it, a player as good, great as Tatum should not be should not be going over ten against anybody. 
I don't I care agree. how good of a defender you are. So I agree. I agree. So that's that's the next game. Is Tatum if Tatum plays a little bit better, but we play the same type of game and we're able to kind of make those most of those opportunities in the paint and get Gobalman going, you, we got a we got as good of a shot to win the game every time. I know it's a lot of steps, but this is a team that that we has shown that can follow follow through on that. Especially with the first series with the Nets, so we we've got all the pieces, Shrey. We've got all the pieces, and it's it's you can't you mentally we have to be there. Yeah, we're 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 on we're on the hot seat right now. We're under the fire. We're we're facing a challenge. It's a true test. If you want to be the best, if you want to win a championship, what did you think you were going to sweep everybody? Yeah, and I'm tired of these fans. I'm tired of these Celtics fans being like, oh, I turned my TV off. Da, da, da. Oh, this is t- this is a dog dog crap team. No, I'm not going to go that far. They had a bad game. It sucks. It was terrible timing for Tatum to not play well. But, and even this is even me, Mr. Negative, they're okay. They have all the pieces, and I still believe in what the finished product is. You just got to put it together. That's all. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've, uh, we like to keep saying we've adjusted our expectations. We know how they can play now. We know what they're capable of. We know what they're capable of. And if you don't, and if you don't, it's not that the talent isn't there because we've seen it is there. It's there. You have all the pieces. Yeah. It's about applying yourself and actually taking the test, right? You just did your PSATs and you aced them, but now you're on your SATs, baby. Game four is the SATs. Game four is the SATs. Game four is an A-push test. You know that I just a quick tangent. That was, I swear, my worst test. And I think somewhere my test got mixed up because I felt like that was the worst test I've ever taken in my life. And I got a four. Don't know how. I didn't even know what some of the questions were, but they liked it enough. Show off. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about my other AP scores. AP Calc, I think I got a one. So that evens it out. No, I mean, Um, I mean, then for uh, AP US history calculus, you got a five. So you're all good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about if we're talking about I mentioned Wesley Matthews is in the twilight of his career. I want to talk about somebody else who is also looking and playing like they're in the twilight of their career. James Harden, man, this guy stinks. Great callback to our, one of our old episodes. To episode three, episode three of Amateur Hour ever. Go listen to it. James Harden, this guy, James Harden, stinks. Terrible. <laughs> stinks. Bad. Is bad. Everybody else on Philly, you're doing a good job. Good, way, way to carry that dead weight. I'm sorry that you got stuck with him. James Harden, stinks. Straight, tell me what you liked about his performances in any of these games. Oh, he made a tough floater to take the lead, and then they ultimately lost to Miami. I mean, they thank God Embiid came back. Thank God. Man, he, you really, know, that, he really saves him. He saves him a lot. Unbelievable, and that gives too, how he's, how he's playing through that and all those injuries. Like That guy's got to be like bathing in icy hot. Yeah. <laughs> Man up. <laughs> it's hard to, hard to melt the pain. Cold to keep it cool. I see hot. <laughs> Whatever he says. Yeah. You, I mean, it gives Tyrese Maxey a little bit of breathing room, right? He doesn't have to be the only guy that's dropping 20, 30 points a night mm-hmm. now that Embiid's back on the floor. And now that Embiid's back on the floor, defensively, it's a factor. I don't care how you look at it. It's a factor, and you have to adjust for that. That and that, like I just said, gives breathing room to the other guys on the floor. Danny Green has been stepping up, making his shots. That's huge. Right. You know, these role players are doing what they need to do. DeAndre Jordan, incredibly bad. James Harden, incredibly bad. I I just 
Where, yeah, where's all that confidence Doc had for DeAndre Jordan <laughs> for the first couple of games? He's like, we're going to continue to play him. And then they were like, um, uh, pa- uh, m- maybe we should just go with Paul Reed. Uh, <laughs> like, like they uh. lost, like he lost all that confidence when they realized he was going 0 for 2 in 20 minutes. And then, you know, he was just doing a, uh, a full Tony Snell, like he was like, oh, I think oh, we he, no, he's a cardio big. Yeah, he's he, he's there to run. I was like, I was like, wow. So yeah, um, it's really been Harris and Maxi when when Embiid is out. Hey, that Harris, taken, yeah, yep. yeah, that have taken the 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 bigger workload. I I just have not liked the way Harden has asserted himself. He which which, which he hasn't. Which he That's has. I was gonna say, Shrey, he he. The guy's playing like a wet napkin. He where where where? What happened? What happened to this guy who could set the table at any time he wanted? What happened to this guy who was a prolific scorer and could get into the lane, take yeah. outside shots? I mean, I've never seen the dude miss so many threes. Yeah. Without making that, well, actually, I have. I've seen him miss. We've seen it. We've seen it. His whole career. But he's also at the same time made him. He's been able to go to the free throw line and. Having watched a season, you know, with the quote-unquote new rules around shooting fouls and stuff, it's not that much different. Refs are still calling it very similarly to how they were before. Right. James Harden should still be able to get to the line. Agreed. I mean, we already know that he does. So where is it during the playoffs? He, I mean, he's a master at hooking your arm and going up. Where is this? And he's also been really turnover prone. And I know he's been turnover prone in the past and – it's kind of him, but comparative to how that team plays, he he needs to be more careful with the ball, especially if they have any shot of winning. Miami's already playing, like they're already firing on all cylinders. Bam Adebayo is having an amazing series. And he's he's good, man. He's just good. He's he's just And that's the thing man, about Miami. He's just so they- solid too. It's not like he's like super flashy or anything. He just plays really he just plays solid on both ends of the court. No. And is just a winning basketball player. I don't know what else to say. Like he's a winning basketball player. I would trade for I would trade for Bam. I'm trading JT for Luca and JB for Bam. You're trading JT for Luca? Absolutely. I'm not. I don't know if I want to do that. No, I, I don't know if I want to do that. I I can't give up. I can't give up the the length. When you have a wing, That's what it's just said. tough. It's just can't give up the length. I would, uh, Happy but Mama's I, Day. But I, but I started saying, <laughs> when you have a wing, I, I, you didn't I get it fast enough. I spread my wings and I <laughs> learned how to fly. <laughs> well, no, I, no, no, we can't. No, no, no. I want to save that. I want to table that for another episode. Just okay. do like potential trades. Yeah, we, I wouldn't do that. That's my, that's my, that's okay, my Okay, that's fine. I'm but, just, I'm just joking around. I'm just, somebody's going to come. Somebody's going to message me. And be like, <laughs> what the heck are you saying? Well, I will say regardless. Well, no, no, wait, wait. Let, let me just, just the one thing I got to say about Miami is that yeah. they feel to me like a Hydra, right? Jimmy Butler mm, sits a game. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Tyler Hero steps up. Kyle Lowry's out. Doesn't matter. PJ Tucker will have a night. Freaking Cody Martin will go off. Oladipo. Bam will go off. Oladipo. Oh, my Dude, God. Dude, the, is it saying that um, they got a guy playing 20 minutes that, like, he can still ball? Like when healthy, the I mean the man's an all star for a reason. He's a twenty point scorer in this league. They yeah. got him coming off the bench playing twenty minutes a game. 
Like, that's an insane quality to have on your team. And for him to take that role, right, where he, if he's healthy, he should be a starter somewhere. Well, on a, on a on a mediocre to bad team, he should be a starter. You're talking about Oladipo? Yeah. I think he likes his role, though. But, yeah, but he's on a winning team, on a championship contender team. He's taken the role a bench player. Yeah. of a bench player and coming out and, and, and playing really well, too, in his minutes. Right? He basically won them. That final game of the, of the um, who did they play in the last series? They played Tor- Toronto. No, they played um. Who was the eighth seed? Uh, Cleveland. No, um, no, not Cleveland. Why am I forgetting this? The the Hornets are out. The why did I forget this? But they they, they went off again. Them. Oh, the Hawks, the Hawks, the Hawks. The Hawks. Yes, I'm sorry. Wow, that oh, we just full. It was so. Fast. It was so unmemorable for for the Hawks. That it, but, uh, but what I'm saying is, Lowry and Butler didn't play in that last game of the series, and Oladipo clinched him. He had 27 him. points. Yeah, like yeah, he had he had a he had a 20 plus point performance and won that game for him. So to have guy like that, to have people, the one person Max that I'm still looking for, I can't seem to find him on the court is Duncan Robinson. Where is this man, Max? Uh, and he got the bag too, man. He got the bag too. Um, what? what is, did he do something wrong? Is Spo is Spo benching him? Is he in the doghouse? What he played what? in the first game of the Hawks series, and he had what like eight threes or something. He had he had like twenty seven points. He had a crazy amount of threes, and I think he played a total of three or four minutes in the rest of that series, and he hasn't played since in this series. Is he hurt? Secret injury? I don't know. I don't know. He there may there has to be something going on. There's no way that Miami is handling this press of Duncan Robinson not playing a series, getting paid all that money, if there wasn't something going on with him. And I'm just like I'm I'm sitting out here and I'm like, man, he's got to be better than like I mean, he can't even he's not even coming in garbage time. Like they're playing like Haywood Highsmith and. Omer Yurtsev and, and Duncan Robinson sitting on the bench. I'm like, there's got to be something wrong. I don't know what yeah, it is. I, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, let's see. Uh, Max Struess took his shooting guard position, and mm-hmm. Robinson issued a statement about falling out of the rotation. Quote, I'm on the court. My job is to play basketball to the best of my ability. Help us win, he said. If I'm not on the court, help us win. If that's being a supportive teammate, that's what I do. Unquote. When was that quote? Was that recently? This is after they took the two one lead. Yeah. Oh wow. So he he's so- it just it says Eric Spostra has has uh trusted other players in the playoffs. Wow. So he just is literally just falling out of rotation. And he's yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, I, I like I mean and props to Spo too, because it's tough to make a decision like that when you feel like other players are paying playing better, but you got the guy that you paid. Normally, people stick with the guy that they paid because they got to get some return. No, I, res- I respect. I yeah, I don't care. I respect Spo for it. Yeah, he's they playing gotta, the hot hand. They got to get. Normally, when you pay a guy like that, right, you got to play them because you got to get something for the return. You got to get some return on that investment, right? And how better way to f- figure out whether you're going to get a high return on the investment by putting put him in the playoffs right that's it's a high pressure situation if they can't perform in that scenario the contract looks worse so you got to figure out if they can perform in that scenario he he's gone the way of 
I care about, like, you know what I mean? Like, he puts the winning first, and he figures out that guys like Max Bruce and Gabe Vincent and Oladipo, they're all playing really good basketball. Out of their minds, yeah. Yeah. So, he trusts them right now. And so he's going to continue to trust them until maybe they, they, they don't, they don't play as well, and then maybe Duncan Robinson gets a shot. But, you know, props to Duncan for taking it on the chin and understanding that it's not, it's more than just him, right? Right, right. But it does, the optics of the contract does come Don't into question. Good. Right, right. They, they paid him five for 90. That is a That's massive a commitment. That's a lot of For money. a three-point shooter. Right, hey, he, you can't even say three and D because his defense is not great. He's fairly one dimensional, so they really, they really valued his three point shooting enough to pay him that type of contract. It's surprising that they that the value hasn't shown itself to this point. But if it means that they win games, then I don't see a reason why uh, they don't continue the rotation they have. Why change up a bad thing, a good thing? I mean, so. Well, it's just, I mean, like, Tice gets less minutes in this series. I mean, he got scrub time, and he hasn't been... I, I don't think Tice is a bad player for mm. the Boston Celtics. You know, he just he just gets less time. And yeah. like you said, it's weird because they paid him the money. But realistically, if he's running his, his practices and his offense and his games, and he's like, you're just... I could have somebody else that's a better defender out here right now, da-da-da-da-da. Again, right. and it still is Philly. I mean, Philly still has weapons that you have to think about. Yeah. And and really, I mean, what was Duncan Robinson going to guard James Harden? Is he going to guard Tyrese Maxey? No, not really. Mm. They don't want to get it to the point where they're defensively lapsing because of one guy. Yeah. So it's shocking, but it makes sense. And I don't think that he's out out. I don't think he's going to request a trade next year, but no. it's it's still tough. But yeah. Well, so talk- I I mean, well the heat Oh. Well, you talked Robert Williams and and Tice, right? So if Robert Williams doesn't play, Tice steps up. So and Tice has played well in the absence of Robert Williams. So the same thing might happen where if someone gets hurt, you know, knock on wood, they don't. But if someone were to get hurt on that team in the he's rotation, right, right. he's got to take the opportunity now. He's got to be ready. So that's another thing. It's like you have to consistently stay ready. So you, when you get that opportunity, you never know what will come. I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. <laughs> and when he gets that opportunity. You heard it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you stay ready so you don't have to what, Max? Get ready. So you don't have to get, get ready. ready? <laughs> Gritty? <laughs> Gritty? <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, yeah. And then maybe he's the one with the hot hand if he gets an opportunity, right? And then they keep him in the rotation. So he's just got to be ready. That's all I got to no, say. No, I agree. And Miami is definitely, I mean, unless something terribly terrible goes wrong, Miami's coming out of that series. They're going to the ECF. Um, and you know what? To be honest, and this is this is not my bias. This is just because if the Celtics were to continue to play team basketball, I would love, love, love. I would much rather watch Miami versus Boston than Miami versus Bucks. The Bucks will get mm. eviscerated by this Miami team. No doubt about it. I don't care if it's ands or buts. The Bucks, this Bucks team, Middleton, no Middleton, they will get eviscerated by this Miami team. It's going to be a challenge. They played too well for team defense and offense that if the Bucs... The, the, the Bucs without their three-point shooting and they just yeah. let them shoot? No, yeah. they, 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 they will get eviscerated. Uh, sorry. 
So I'd rather watch the team basketball of the Heat versus the team basketball of the Celtics. If the I I wouldn't make I'm not going to make predictions until that seems like it you know come more to fruition. But but that's what you want to see. If the Celtics lose, I'm a Heat fan temporarily. (laughs) Okay, now for our last before we get it going, uh, we got to go to the last matchup over in the West. It's Philly or (laughs) Philly? No, Suns Mavs. Suns took first two games. Good. Went up 2-0. Took the two home games. It was nice. Uh, one of the games was an incredibly handed win. A uh, game two. It, they just they had they had control the whole game. It was great to watch. Suns role players actually like played decent. Jay Crowder actually hit shots. Oh, fantastic to watch. Yeah. That guy has been ice cold. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, you know, Cam Johnson's hitting his shots. DeAndre Ayton's in his bag. Chris Paul, guy's unbelievable. Devin Booker's healthy. I mean. The Suns are, again, if we talk about team basketball, that is such a polished team. Everybody gets theirs. Everybody eats. And they trust each other enough where even if their guys aren't playing as well as they need to, they're still doing a good job. So that being said, Mavs took that first game back in uh, Dallas, and they're up right now as we speak um, in Dallas as well. So they could look to even the series. Um that still being said, I, I would think Suns and Six. Yeah, you know? I think I think the key for Dallas is Jalen Brunson. If Jalen Brunson doesn't play well, um, they got little to no shot because he's got well, because a, there's nobody outside of Luca. Yeah, and he's he's the only other guy, truly, on that team that can that can create can his hoop. own shot. Yeah. Yes. Everyone else kind of needs to work around, work work without the basketball and, and find open spots and make those shots too. Like I think Maxi Kleber has kind of played a little bit out of his mind uh in this playoffs where I didn't expect his shooting to be this good. I know in that jazz series, he was just like basically toying with Gobert on the pick and roll where where he like you know what I mean like Brunson Brunson drives Gobert doesn't want to get out there and Maxi Kluber, Maxi Kluber is shooting the shooting the crap out of the ball so give me the ball <laughs> bang that's a triple <laughs> in um he he's German right is he German uh, he's, he's German or Austrian he's if he's German man though him and Dirk dude they he must have gotten some secrets from Dirk. Uh, he can he can shoot. Er that kommt thing. Aus, ah, he is German. Okay, very good, Maxi Kleber. D- yeah, you're making the French pay. It's not coming <laughs> out to your three point shot. Yeah, ein Dreier. Sehr schön, Maxi. Du arbeitest so gut. Du bist die besten Basketballspieler. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Ich bin fertig. Okay. Yeah, it would just do this whole thing in German. Yeah, you're just, you're just gonna, I'm just thinking how long you could go. Yeah, aber Maxi Kleber ist ein uh, schönes Basketballspieler. Uh, er hat ein um, tolles um, Kopf und uh, ich vergesse die Wort für Mind, aber... Um, Uh, er, er hat ein schönes, uh, tolles Kopf uh, und er Dreier ist uh, sehr, sehr gut uh, und <laughs> uh, that's all I got. When you when you go in the higher pitch, it makes it makes it uh, makes me think of Flula Borg. 
it's just my radio announcer. I don't know. It just go. We go up. We go up and we do it because it sounds less scary and menacing. You know, when you. Oh yeah, ah! that's true. Ah! That, is true. that is true. That is true. Yeah, you're friendly. Friendly. Yeah, it's, friendly, it's, friendly. A, yeah, it's more friendly. A little bit effeminate, but not too much. <laughs> anyway. So, ladies and gentlemen, Frauen und Männer, uh, yeah, you're still going. <laughs> Sorry, it's like it's It's literally it's like once that once that part of your brain starts working, you just kind of like start thinking of words in. Yeah, I'm somewhat of a prodigy myself. <laughs> oh and my please, German speakers listening to this podcast, feel free to correct my grammar. Uh, I know I said some some cases wrong there, so <laughs> the monologue. <laughs> I really I really didn't say too much. Anyway, so yeah, so Max Kleber's been playing great, but outside of Luca, uh, yeah, no, I agree. There's there's not a lot of he doesn't have a lot of help. I mean, what, what what is it going to be? Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, the dude plays 27 minutes a night and averages like four and three. Yeah, come it, on, they, they don't have a once they got non factor thing is they don't have a true. They don't have a true center. I, I play Kleber at the four and then stretch five is needed. So their guards have to play kind of really well. And actually, Brunson, actually, straight, we do say that there's nobody, but Spencer Dinwiddie can make his own shot. He can, but he has not been existent in the series, really. Yeah, that's true. He is just he was, not he was well. in the last series, though. Yeah, he was great in the last series. And that was one of the reasons why without Luca, they were able to to kind of withstand the jazz. I feel like. When I heard that Luca was going to be out, I originally picked the Jazz because I didn't think that anyone, I didn't think that they would be able to step up enough to to defeat the Donovan Mitchell, like that type of offense. Like, like if he's going off, like how can they really stop that, right? But Jalen Brunson and and Dinwiddie and Kleber were able to 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 play out of their minds, and I think that. When Luca is back against a better team like like the Suns, everyone's got to play well. It can't just be Luca playing well. Oh, because Luca's back. Like Brunson's got to play well. Brunson's got to hit twenty points. If Brunson doesn't hit the twenty point threshold, they're not winning. And then Dinwiddie Dinwiddie's got to have a bigger impact in those minutes. He's still getting the 20, 20 plus minutes a game. The you know close to twenty five minutes a game. He's got to make his shots too. So they're going to go go more, more guard dominant. All of the guards have to play really well. Yeah. And yeah. No. Uh, and uh, yeah. And I agree. And I think that the Suns, uh, you know, well, the Mavs aren't a bad team. And that's why no. they can still take games. I mean, it is what it is. The Suns had a bad shooting night. They, I mean, that was the first time they had eight consecutive playoff games where they shot over 50%. Mm and that streak was snapped in game 3. So like it happens. Everybody has a bad night. But for the Suns, unlike the Celtics, they went up 2-0. They took both home games. They're allowed to have that bad game. Yeah. You know, it is what yeah. it is. So we'll see. I still think Suns are coming out in 6. Uh I'll 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 uh I'll say I'll say the same. I'll say I'll say Suns in 6. I think I think that makes the most sense. I, I'm co- I'm confident in how they play. I mean, really, if you if you were just watching the Suns, it's it's highlight after highlight. They really are just a good team, mm. and I love it. I love it. It's it's nice to keep keep it Dallas rolling. At, Dallas at home though. So if they can win this game, 
Dallas at home has been yes. has been really has been playing really well. So that game six is going to be pivotal if uh, if Dallas can play as well as they've been playing at home. It would be it would be a surprising guess seven game series, but I wouldn't be surprised if they happen because of how well now we know how well they're playing at home. Someone's got to win a road game though. So I mean, the, I mean Dallas has got to win a road game somewhere if they're gonna if they're gonna make a if they're gonna make a stand. So it's not it's not gonna be easy winning in Phoenix. That's the only thing. That's true, and also too, uh, if we look at the uh, Dallas shot unbelievable this first half, and they're up by twelve. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about that. They're not going to shoot that well in the second half. Law of averages, just how basketball is. Um, you know, it, it, the Suns will be able to to close that gap. Twelve yeah. points for the Suns. It's kind of like the Nets. Offensively, they're gifted enough where I'm not worried about it. All right. So, as we close out the podcast, we talk about one more thing before we go. It's actually something that we brought up last week. Funny enough, <laughs> Mr. Tannehill <laughs> said <laughs> straight up. He was is not his job to be mentoring new people, specifically the new quarterback that was just drafted. Um, Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Interesting take. Weird. Kind of weird that he was like, not my job. Because it kind of is. But is it just because he doesn't want to put his replacement in a good spot? I don't know, Shrey. Do you have any? Well, I think whenever somebody comes up, so it's like, in the job description of a quarterback is being a mentor to like, the new guys. Like, is that a thing? Like, no, like we've seen it in the past where, you know, Brett Favre didn't mentor Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady didn't want to mentor Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Like people like there's a little bit of oh, you picked my new guy like kind of I don't want to uh, why would I why would I want to, you know, help him out when I'm trying to make a living for myself or whatever? Right. But digging, digging my own grave. Right. But I feel like the people that that take it the most, that take it the furthest, and I've, especially with Tom Brady, right? He didn't really come out and say that like I'm not going to mentor him or like. It's because was Tom is, is Tom Brady really threatened by a guy that was just chosen, like that is right. going to usurp his position. No, right. The people that are really threatened feel the need to kind of have to overplay the mentorship thing, and the you know we don't talk or we don't do all this, we don't do all that. I think Tannehill knows that his his job is going to be close to being over, and it's it's getting to him right. It he understands that um more like if he's wah, gonna wah. <laughs> if if he's not gonna play well again and if he's not going to be as consistent as he once what when he was um at the beginning of his contract with the titans that malik willis has a real shot of playing this year so i'm if i had to choose i would say Tannehill finishes off the year i think malik willis needs a year to to kind of be under in the system understand the system but by coming out and saying it's not my job to mentor him that is now a cloud over the team and a cloud over Tannehill that he's kind of put upon himself in the public eye where now if he doesn't play well, people are going to look at it like, oh, well, you know, he wasn't really, 
Like, is he really grateful for the opportunity? Is he helping out everyone on the team? He's not even himself playing well. Like, what's going on? He's got a, He's kind of backed himself into a corner where he has to play well. And he has to play really well for for people to kind of wash over his comments right now. He was the one, though, that I said, I still feel like he's got gas in the tank. Mm-hmm. Of you the know, people we chose in that, of in the that, people uh, we chose, he is the thing. he is the best of the worst. Yeah, he's the best of the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, he still he still has the potential to like have a decent season. Yeah, you know, which is why I still think that if I had to choose, they don't pull the they don't pull the plug right away. Like I think they'll they'll no he he gets another season he gets one season regardless of kind like regardless of like he's got to play. Malik Willis is not coming out game ready. He's got to play Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagles bad. For him to like where where they're like we might not ever like win. We might not ever score a point if this guy stays on the field. He's got to be right. that bad for him to get benched for Malik Willis, and I w- I wouldn't be surprised if. If he got benched and Malik Willis came out to end games, like if they're playing really bad and he gets reps in an NFL game and stuff this year. But to right. start a game, I'm not putting my money on Malik Willis starting a game this year. If unless, you know, Tannehill need gets a rest day or injury or whatever. So I wouldn't say bad play is gonna put him out of a job right now. I will say that he it's not like it's kind of like, oh, okay, why would you put that pressure on yourself? I think that's where I really feel the comments is like, you don't have to, you don't even have to bring that up. Like, you don't even, you know what I mean? Like, you can just be like, you know, my job is to be a good teammate. And even if you don't want to mentor the guy, it's, it's, it's saying those words and exactly where it's like, now you're, you look like the bad teammate. He doesn't it, care. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing is like, now you you said those words. Now you gotta kind of back it up. That like, okay, you don't you don't want to mentor him. Can you can you play well enough? Or he's not gonna he, the the um the young Padawan does not become does not become the master master. Yeah, yeah. like right. you know what I mean. Like so, it's up to you now. It's all you know. All you put all his chips on the table. He said, you know, I'm not here for him. I'm only here for me. I'm here for this team, not to be his, you know, his his mentor figure. Right. The ball the ball is in his field. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that just about does it for us today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for taking this journey with us and listening to this podcast as we talked about sports. I am your host. Max, this has been another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. Uh, like I said, I'm still your host, along with... <laughs> I'm still your host, Trace. And we will see you next time. Peace.